Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And thanks for joining us for our ex-Mormon gospel. (laughs) (laughs) The book of ex-Mormon gospel. The word gospel kind of just triggers me. And I'm just like, ew, I, I don't like that word anymore. I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. The gospel. (laughs) It's the gospel. It's just been tainted because it's always in the Mormon church. Like you would say, the gospel is true or this church has the only true gospel on the face of the earth. Yeah. It's just so overused. Yeah. It's the same as like, um, grateful we've talked about before like that's (laughs) such a triggering word for me and even like my colleagues know like one of my colleagues was like oh I want to say grateful but I know that's a trigger word for you I was like thank you (laughs) yeah I'm grateful that you didn't say you're grateful (laughs) (laughs) anyway before we get into our topic do you have any um business that we need to go over um, I don't. I feel like I've been quiet recently and not not as exciting with updates, but I feel like it's it's lockdown, huh? Like everyone. Yeah, that's the time of COVID, so we're just doing our best. But yeah, yeah I you? No, nothing nothing new, but we other got, than you got your first dose. I did. I was able to get my first dose of the vaccine, which I was so relieved to be able to get. I was, it was kind of a surprise that I was able to get my first one so early. So, uh, yeah, that's, I guess, the most exciting thing that happened to me last week. <laughs> God, that is so exciting. I feel like, you know, in the States, like it was a big clusterfuck in the beginning with COVID and especially how it was handled. But now at least like you guys are getting vaccinations and like things just seem to be like moving fast. Whereas currently in Germany, I'm like, why, why Germany? Why are you so slow with everything? It's just so infuriating. Um, God, I hope it gets to you soon. Yeah, me too. Get a little bit back to normal. Yeah. I mean, it's been over a year. It's, It's long enough. Like, right. mental health is really, I, I feel like, I mean, the first lockdown was different, and the second one, I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Can't take it anymore. Like, <laughs> Do you remember at this time last year, it was, we were all like, oh, wow, I can't believe we've been working from home for two weeks, and <laughs> we were like, doing puzzles and having, you know, FaceTime happy hours, and now we're all just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Like literally, they're like now I'm just like okay, enough is enough. I it's it's gotten to the point where it's like you're used to COVID, and I didn't want it to get to that point. As in, used to life with um, COVID restrictions. Yeah, um, it's it's a bizarre feeling, but I'm definitely ready to be done with this, and um, I'm not so much ready to to be back at work in the office. I like working remotely. I find yeah. it. Really nice but yeah normality would be would be great so soon hopefully yeah. pretty soon way to be a Debbie Downer over here sorry guys <laughs> okay all 
right. Well, the topic today is also kind of a Debbie Downer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not terribly, but we're going to be talking about excommunication today. <laughs> yeah. So um, the definition of excommunication for anyone who doesn't know, which I'm pretty sure you all do, but it's the action of officially excluding someone from participation in the sacraments and services of the church. So, also, uh, a disclaimer before I before I move on is that if any Mormons listen to us to this, they're gonna correct us because apparently the Mormon Church has rebranded this part of the church as well. So <laughs> they've changed the wording around it. Uh, yeah. So from KUTV News. As of February 2020, they wrote this. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will no longer face church disciplinary councils and will not be disfellowshipped or excommunicated because of new terminology. So instead, the um, so the church's handbook of instructions, members with their membership in question will be called to church membership councils instead of disciplinary councils because doesn't that sound nicer and yeah and instead of being disfellowshipped members are given formal membership restrictions and instead of being excommunicated they are labeled as a withdrawal of membership as if it was like voluntary or something um Oh my god, they're like the world's biggest manipulator ever. Like they are so great at just changing a few words here and there, never actually apologizing for the shit they did in the past and are just like, and we fixed it. Look guys, we changed the words. It's fine. Oh yeah. It's not the same thing. They're like the the master ultimate gaslighters. Oh my god. Yes, because instead of using the word excommunicate. They say a withdrawal of membership. It doesn't sound so harsh, but it's the same thing. They're still doing it. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure, I don't know, when we post about this on on Instagram, we're probably going to get some trolls that come in and say, we don't use that word anymore. Also, we're not Mormons anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God, I do have to say, though, recently, the last two posts that we've done, like episodes... It's been real quiet with the Mormons. No no trolls. I know, which means they're probably coming around next time. <laughs> yeah, although I think it's because, you know, the last the last few episodes, I mean, how can they argue? Like, what could they possibly say? Like, I, I just don't think that there was any, any way at all they could justify or try to justify um, the Mormon church in those those topics. Well, you know, Sarah, yes. the the members aren't perfect, but the church is. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> that's, what would, that's what they would say. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> oh, okay, so I I guess we should clarify what excommunication is versus disfellowship. So yes. I found this article written by an LDS professor and bishop on Quora. Is that how you say that? Q-U-O-R-A? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 
It says, excommunication from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints means that your name is removed from the records of the church and you are barred from all church privileges, attending the temple, taking the sacrament, serving in callings, etc. And you're barred from all participation, so praying, teaching, assisting, and attending. Disfellowshipment means that although privileges of membership are suspended and you are prevented from participating, you remain a member. So you can still give them your tithing. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. It's like, yeah, they, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't, you can still um, be around us and be technically a member, but, you know, you can't, like, pray and you can't go to the temple. You can't have a temple recommend, all of that. You can't. But yeah. you can still pay us monies. Yeah, because, you know. <laughs> repentance god wants your money for you to say sorry for whatever you did that was wrong um excommunication is reserved only for the most serious offenses and they gave some examples of serious offenses which time and time again over every article i could find these were the types of things that came up adultery abortion misuse of church funds sexual perversion or if you apostatize from the lead the teachings or the leaders of the church and it said it should be made clear that an apostate is not an indifferent or an active member of the church but rather one who flatly denies the divine nature of the church or one who is antagonistic against or unresponsive to priesthood authority wow um so I thought that's interesting because it came up a few times saying what you could get excommunicated for. And occasionally it would say things like murder or rape. But every single example included challenging the church or critiquing the church. Or uh, it always included abortion or like sexual um, sin. Yeah, I was going to say the one that I have is even more... Um, I don't even know if that's not a word. It's not, I don't want to say worse. I mean, it is definitely worse, but even more appalling, I guess. There's like yeah. one. So I was telling Katie before this episode, I um, got the information from PBS did this like series called The Mormons. Mm-hmm. And they have um a, like an FAQ section and it says, the question is, what are the reasons for the church taking disciplinary action or even excommunicating a member? And their list is like a 1990 article offered on the church's website, which actually I'm curious to see if that article is still there. I didn't click on it. Um, Lists the following reasons for convening a disciplinary council. And it says abortion, transsexual operation. Oh, my God. Yep. Attempted murder, rape, forcible sexual abuse, intentionally inflicting serious physical injuries on others, adultery, fornication, homosexual relations, child abuse, which is ironic considering that never goes, like the church just turns a a cheek and a a blind eye to sexual abuse that happens quite often, especially child abuse. Um, Spouse abuse, deliberate abandonment of family responsibilities. Hmm. Um, Robbery, burglary, theft, sale of illegal drugs, fraud, perjury, or false swearing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But 
there's it. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> that's my sound. I, you know, they list all these horrible things and then just throw in homosexuality and transsexual operation. Like fuck you. Like yeah. you can't have these in the same. You can have abortion, transsexual operation, homosexual relations, and fornication in the same group of lists as like attempted murder, rape. Right abuse like those are all supposedly the worst things right yeah Yeah. ew i hate it um okay so in that article it continues on to say in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints excommunication means you were never baptized you never received the priesthood if you are male you never went to the temple if you were endowed you are relieved of all covenants you made with god and likewise god is relieved of his promises to you it is a spiritual death or a separation from god and it's important to note the mosaic law called for the death of the body, which is a much less serious penalty than is presented by excommunication. People think that the Old Testament was overly harsh, but a prompt stoning had the effect of limiting your ability to really dig yourself into a deeper hole, spiritually speaking. I, when I read that, I was like, he can't be serious, but he's totally serious in saying that like, it would be better for you to die. To be, to be stoned ex- to death. Than, than to be excommunicated because I guess at least if you're stoned to death, you're still spiritually connected to God. You haven't spiritually died. It's so, ugh, I, I hate I'm just, it. I'm, uh, yeah. um, oh, sorry. Dis- <laughs> Sarah's popular. <laughs> I'm so popular. Sorry, guys. Discipline is to help the member get stronger, to repent and return. Discipline protects the good name of the church by showing that we do not wink at misconduct and that we hold our leaders and each other to very high standards. So this just reminded me of the abuse tactic of like, I'm hurting you because I love you. Like mm-hmm. I, And they really focus a lot on this is for your own good. We want you to suffer and beg your way back into our good graces. But they use the term repentance, but it's like they claim the goal is to help you realize you're so lost without the church that you'll do anything to get rebaptized. And that's how they justify it. But what you're really doing is just cutting off people from the church, especially if they still believe in the church and you're just like, nope, you can't have any of these blessings. You've spiritually died. God has no covenants. Like you were never baptized, blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? It's just, it. it's again, it's manipulation and gaslighting. And then they're trying to make oh, it sound God. all nice. Yeah. But then here's my question. Yeah. This is a little catch 22 for the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're excommunicated... And, you know, they say that it's, like, as if you were never baptized, you never had the priesthood, da-da-da-da. Then wouldn't that just, like, give you a clean slate instead of making you an apostate? Is that the right word? An apostate? Yeah. Um, Because, you know, they teach you that if you die and you were never baptized, that you would just go to the spirit world and be taught there. And then you could say yes to the gospel and go into the celestial kingdom, essentially. Oh, yeah. 
So if you're excommunicated and it was as if you've never been baptized, does that just give you like a redo pass, like a, you know, pass go collect 200? I mean, maybe after you've felt like shit enough and you've (laughs) groveled your way back into their, you know, them allowing you to get baptized again. Damn it, Katie. That's the direction we should have went in. Instead of removing our names from the church and our records from the church, we should have gotten excommunicated because then if the church is really (laughs) true, we'd be set. We'd be fine. True. Then we'd be fine later on. Um, Yeah. You know, I've thought about this, and I wonder if we hadn't removed our names. I wonder if by now we would have been excommunicated, because as you'll see as I read on, I truly believe that the biggest offense that the church finds in their members is when they're being criticized. And most of the people that have been excommunicated, are they've been excommunicated because they were speaking out against the church. They weren't like committing crimes. So I wonder, yeah, I don't know. I it's a funny thing to I think, think about. So. Cuz we're speaking badly about the church and we're I don't know, trying to <laughs> help people get out of the church, which is to them like the most serious offense. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think yeah, I'm pretty sure we would have by this point because I mean, I saw on the list some podcasters yeah mm-hmm. who um were excommunicated and so I'm a bit like oh I'm sure we would have been eventually which actually I think would have been really cool <laughs> <laughs> I know we could have like documented it what were we thinking I guess we were, we were too we were being too ethical we were like nope can't support this but we should have held on <laughs> should have held on should we call up um Nelson Manny. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can be like, hey, I was just chatting with Celestial Jesus and <laughs> he wants me to be a member again. But exactly. So first of all, he wants to give you a big high five for the marketing project you had. Yes. Hashtag the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is performing <laughs> much better than hashtag Mormons. So well done. Um, second of all, yeah, the Not So Molly Mormon podcast, they should actually be excommunicated. There yeah. you go, Nelson, Celestial Jesus. He's all about that. <laughs> all about making a splash. Exactly. Um, okay, so the process for formal discipline happens. I guess I just wanted to like kind of explain what it was. So it's not just like you are in a bishop's interview and he tells you not to take the sacrament when it's something like disfellowshipment or excommunication it's a lot more serious and it's almost like a legal court hearing but it's in the church and so your bishop or your stake president will call a council and you know now they call it like membership council instead of disciplinary council um and they're made up of at least two of like the priesthood holders and then a clerk who takes notes and um, the council is encouraged to make a unanimous decision on like what the discipline will be for you but the head person so either the bishop or the state president whoever has the final say in what will happen to you (laughs) Um, and it all depends on 
what you've done and if like you've said you've repented but most of the time it's like if you're criticizing the church and you refuse to stop criticizing that's when they excommunicate you because for a lot of other things you can go through the repentance process if they like bully you into it enough you know (laughs) yeah yeah um so they like set up this hearing basically they tell you what time and the date and then you show up and these members of the council, these priesthood dudes, they um, basically lay out all of the stuff that they think that you've done wrong. And they call it, ew, I hate it so much, but they call it a court of love. Ew. So, yeah. They're like basically telling you we're doing this because we love you and we want to help you repent. And here's everything you've done wrong and how you haven't repented properly um, and then supposedly the person being accused, the member, um, can can um, have a chance to say like what they've done or share their side of the story. But usually they're kind of just bullied into submission by like the other council members. And actually, if you're interested in like seeing how one of these is done or listening to it, you know, Jeremy Reynolds, who wrote the CES letter. Yeah. He was in, he's been in lots of these and he's recorded them, even though you're not That's supposed right. to. I've so listened can, to like, his. Yeah, so you can see how it all goes down and it's, it's infuriating. Like he'll ask questions and try to clarify like why, you know, me asking these questions about the church or trying to get clarity on my problems with the church. Why is that grounds for discipline? And they never answer him they just skirt around the issue it's (sighs) yeah Yeah. I remember listening to I don't know if I made it through all of them but I listened to definitely one of them and every time he's just asking valid questions like he's asking about even some of the specific points in the CES letter and they just will not answer questions at all yep I know and then so after you're you're hearing your court um I think how it happens is you're asked to leave the room and then the priesthood members like talk about it and decide what your outcome will be. And it can either be nothing. So you still are an active member or it will be disfellowshipment or excommunication. And that's that. You just have to deal with it. And uh, And it's only priesthood members who get to say anything. Oh, oh, no women involved. No, no, no. Yeah. And a lot of times there's quite a few of them. And then it's just you sitting on the other side of the table alone. Like, it really freaks me out to think about it. Very intimidating, you know? It's just really icky, too. It just makes me feel like, I don't know. Yeah. I know. So I found this from the church website, which I thought was really interesting before I get into kind of a list of some people that have been excommunicated and why. So on the church website, it says church discipline is used to address apostasy, the repeated, clear and open public opposition to the church, its leaders and its doctrine. If someone attempts to persuade other church members to their point of view or publicly insists the church change its doctrine to align with their personal views, they would be counseled by a local church leader and asked to cease that practice. If they fail to do so, church discipline will follow. So don't 
don't speak out against us. Don't try to get people to follow you. Don't be pro-LGBTQ or we're just going to excommunicate you. Yeah, literally, it's like, keep your mouth shut. If you ever speak out, you will be excommunicated. Like, It's like they think they're the fucking mafia or something. I know. Um, So I have here, it's a short list, because I know there's so many people who have been excommunicated and so many wonderful stories. I know that Mormon Stories podcast actually covers a lot of them. But just to kind of give an example of mostly what people are excommunicated for. I compiled a list of people and their quote-unquote transgressions. So okay I'm bracing myself for this. Brace yourself. So the first one on the list is George P. Lee and he was actually brought up when we recorded with Monica. He's the first native person who became an apostle. That's right Uh uh-huh. And he was excommunicated Simply for calling out racist doctrine and leaders. Shut and he, the fuck up. Are you serious? I'm serious. He was a he was an apostle and was excommunicated. Wow. And we wow. know that what he was saying was true. Like the church is racist, the doctrine is racist, the leaders are and have been racist. But no, wanted to shut him up, so excommunicated him. Just because he was calling attention to something that is just well-known. It's in their literal doctrine. Like, it's not like he's just pulling something out of thin air and being like, look, I'm going to make the church look bad. The church already does it to itself. It does it to itself. I know. And they're just like, "Eh, you call this racist. We're going to excommunicate you instead of reflecting on the point and being like, oh, yeah, maybe we should make some changes. It's like, nope easier solution is to just excommunicate people. Um, So the next one on the list, which I'm sure lots of you know, is Sam Young. He's a bishop excommunicated for criticizing the sexually explicit youth worthiness interviews. So he had the campaign of, was it Protect LDS Children, Mm -hmm. where he was trying to get a change in the church to um, to enforce that bishops stopped asking young kids or anyone actually about like their sex life and about very inappropriate sexually explicit questions, which I think is a very noble thing. Like, but the church didn't like that. They didn't like him calling attention to those problems. And so they excommunicated him. Like, what the hell? (laughs) How, do you know how long, like how long after um, he was like creating a splash is what I'm I'm doing air quotes right now. Did the church excommunicate him? Like, was it quite quickly? I think it, I don't know for sure, but I, I do know it wasn't like dragged out very long. It wasn't too long, maybe a year or two. Uh, okay. I could be wrong, but yeah. And he, it's just so crazy because I think anyone who, is a good person and can think logically would be like, yeah, I agree with him. Let's stop asking 12 year olds if they masturbate. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Why not? And, you want that to be like, you don't want your kid to experience that, but uh, they just couldn't have him talking about it, which is nuts. Oh my God. It's insane. I can't believe they excommunicated him for that. And, and wasn't he like, 
I could be totally wrong, and maybe I'm getting confused, so please correct me if that's the case, but he wasn't, like, looking to bring the church down or be in a quote-unquote apostate. He was literally just asking for change, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, no, he wasn't (sighs) trying to do anything like make the church look bad or any of that. He just really wanted to save children from experiencing that. That's it. Um, Next on the list, also quite famous, is Kate Kelly. Oh, yeah. We love. She was excommunicated for advocating for equal rights for women in the church. Um, And there's, we've mentioned it before, but there's a really great episode of Unladylike podcasts with her on it, like How to Be a Mormon Feminist. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's so, (laughs) I don't know. I'd also just think about this one. It's crazy. All she was doing was like, telling women that they should be able to have every right as men. And then women were wearing pants to church because of her. And she was creating too much of a scene and they excommunicated her. (laughs) Oh my God. I totally, I know we've already talked about um, this topic and we've, you know, I think we've covered it a few times, but it's still just such a funny um, not funny, but I can, because re- it wasn't that long ago, right? And so this was right, right around the time that I was about to leave the church. And I remember, like, the the ward I was going to here in Berlin, like, people were losing their shit because women were wearing pants to church. <laughs> like, it was just like, oh, there was so much judgment and, like, you know, people getting really upset. And I, I didn't, at that point, I didn't know where I stood, but I also was like, but why can't women just wear pants? Like, why do we have to wear dresses? I don't get it. It just shows how old-fashioned and patriarchal the church is. Yep. Um, next on the list is Sonia Johnson. And she was, we talked about her in um, our Equal Rights Amendment episode. Yep. I remember she, mm-hmm. um, and she was excommunicated for supporting B-E-R-A, and she wrote feminist literature. So, yeah, she had to go. <laughs> wow. Um, Fawn Brody was excommunicated for writing a biography of Joseph Smith that told the truth. It was called No Man Knows My History. It's a pretty famous book. And she didn't, like, I feel like she didn't even try to paint Joseph Smith in a bad light. It wasn't anti-Mormon. It was just literally telling the truth of what he did and his life and kind of like didn't sugarcoat it like the church does, but they didn't like that. So she was excommunicated. Wow. Yeah. So, but then how do they, oh, I don't even, I can't. <laughs> I <laughs> just trying to think of like the church ration, like rationale, like, it just obviously it's not doing them any favors whenever someone speaks the truth about the church and their response is to excommunicate them. Like surely that looks like they have something to hide or that I know. they want to shut things down instead of just being like, everyone has their own opinions. It's fine. Like it's well, like, they no, they have it. to shut you down. They frame it as all these people are anti-Mormon. They're framing it as like they're trying to harm the church and they're harming God's plan and the family proclamation, you know, like this is too feminist. Men and women are different, blah, blah, blah. It's all that kind of bullshit. Mm. Like they're, they're um, causing doubt in others and all that. Um, obviously we all know John Dolan was excommunicated yes. 
for Mormon Stories podcast. He's I been, didn't know that, actually, until I looked up this list. Yeah, he's been pro-LGBTQ and pro-women's rights for a while, and um, I think it was 2015 he was still considering himself a believing member, even while doing Mormon Stories, and they, yeah, he wouldn't stop um, creating it and having the views of, like, pro-LGBTQ, so he was excommunicated. Oh, okay. Um, there's a woman named Lynn Canaval Whitesides. Hopefully, I pronounced that right. She was excommunicated for um, speaking and writing about Heavenly Mother. <laughs> what? Yeah, this was back in the '90s. She was, um, I think, also an, a feminist scholar, and she would speak and write about Heavenly Mother. And the church told her to stop, and she didn't. So, bye bye, excommunicated. Um, oh. Paul says. Paul Toscano was uh, excommunicated for criticizing church leaders and claiming that the Mormon um, the Mormon version of their history was whitewashed, which it is. It is. There's no denying it. Uh, but he was excommunicated for that. And D. Michael Quinn, a quite famous Mormon historian, was excommunicated for writing about Mormon history, kind of similar to Fawn Brody. He wouldn't sugarcoat it. Um, oh, yeah, he's the one that's part of the uh, September 6th, right? Yes, yeah, a few of these were. And also, he's he's now openly gay, and he's kind of said, like, it probably didn't, didn't help that they thought I was, you know, gay. So... Mm probably aided in the excommunication but so that's just a short sample list and lots of them are like this so I just wanted to kind of point that out when the church maybe says things like oh we only excommunicate for the most grievous most serious offenses all of these people did for the most part was advocate for equal rights or truth and they they shut them up but people like this came to my mind remember in Abducted in Plain Sight, Robert Birch told. Yeah. He wasn't excommunicated. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, if you really think that you're excommunicating people for the worst things, wouldn't that be one of them? Um, oh, my same, God. <laughs> same with people like Lori Vallow, who, like, killed her children and thought, you know, preached that the end of the world was July 2020. Not excommunicated, as far as I know. Um, wow. Yeah, it's like, uh, so this really is about silencing and controlling how much criticism people um, have and the power they have, especially when they're inside the church. You know, they're trying to, like, advocate for change or are pro-gay or whatever. And then they're just like, you have to stop talking about that. Yeah, be quiet. I do want to, like, there's a... Um on the same PBS site. I do love PBS. Um, there's a, um, I don't, I think he was a historian. Okay. So maybe it was just D Michael Quinn. Sorry guys. (laughs) Hashtag I research. This is what happens when I research. I just copy and paste it and I usually don't get it right. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, um, I found it interesting as this quote at the end. Do you mind if I read a little bit? Please do. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Um, so it's a little bit longer, but it ends on a good quote that I think sums up exactly what we were just talking about. It says, the most well-known example of church discipline of intellectuals came in 1993 when the church excommunicated five Mormon scholars 
and disfellowshipped another for separately publishing articles that troubled church leaders because they raised questions about church doctrine and history. One member of the so-called September 6th was D. Michael Quinn, an openly gay Mormon historian who researched the continued practice of polygamy by some church leaders after it had been banned by the 1890 Manifesto. In an interview, Quinn says that contrary to church policy, which dictates that disciplinary counsel be handled at a stake level, a representative of the national hierarchy intervened in his case and ordered him excommunicated. <gasps> yeah. Oh, wow. Lorena Anderson, another of the September 6th who published in and edited the free-thinking Mormon publications Dialogue and Sunstone, accused church leaders of keeping tabs on Mormon scholars, a practice the church later confirmed. Mm-hmm. Journalists Richard and Joan Ostling write in their book, Mormon America, no other sizable religion in America monitors its followers in this way. Mm-hmm. I have that book, by the way. I need to reread that. Yeah, I mean, when I when I read that, it's like, you know, sometimes, well, often, We've had episodes comparing Scientology and we like baffle at how controlling that religion is and how they have tabs on their members <laughs> and they have all this information. But in reality, the Mormon church is the same. Like, oh, it's yeah, not different. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's um, even like I don't even remember what they call them. But, yeah, it's kind of like people's jobs to keep tabs on everyone, especially like you said, scholars or people who might be a little more progressive. It's like mm-hmm. people watch and see what you're doing and then, like, report you to authorities. Oh, hate it. That's insane. It's really scary and frightening. It is. It seems very big brother and mm-hmm. they're not only are they monitoring you by like spiritual abuse by like threatening you with damnation, but then they're also actually monitoring what you're doing and what you're saying, what you're watching and reading and sharing. Uh, if that's not a cult folks, I don't know know what the fuck is. Someone explain this to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a great quote. Um, I'm glad you shared that. Um, And it blows my mind that September 6th, they were just scholars, literally just doing their job and reporting on history, writing, you know, scholarly publications. (laughs) That, I don't know. I feel like if you told an active Mormon that now, I don't even know what they would say to that. They wouldn't believe you. That's the issue is that I, I feel like you could say, and I have told this to people who are Mormons, like, the history is there. The church isn't, you know, arguing against the history. Like, it's on the website now. Like, you can read yeah. it yourself and yeah. see that this is part of the doctrine of the church, and it's the actual history of the church. Like, they're not even attempting to hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, historians are going and making these papers well-known, publishing them, you know, just publishing the truth. But because the church isn't doing it on their behalf, like, it's unacceptable. And so it must be lies. It must be bullshit. It must be just trying to tear down the church and its reputation. It's And it's, like, it's another sick way of controlling. Like, it yeah. has to be the church releases it and the church says, this is what happened we might not publicly tell everyone that we've released this, but 
you know, someone asks, we can say, oh, it's on the website. We're not hiding it. But it's like you have to dig through to find it. It's not oh, like yeah. it's yeah. They every time they release something, they let every member know. It's just they can cover their ass. Uh-huh. That's such a good point. And um, I remembered something when you were talking about the monitoring and the watching. So now, you know, it kind of used to be obviously just paper print, um, printed um, books and magazines and all that. But now, of course, there's the Internet. And we've had a few listeners reach out to us and tell us how they've been being monitored on social media by people in their ward or even their own bishop. And if they see something, like if they, for example, notice that that person had maybe liked one of our posts on Instagram, they like get in trouble. Or if they share anything related to ex-Mormon content, they get in trouble. And I actually have a screenshot that a listener sent to us of a text conversation from their bishop. Um, I'm not going to say the name, obviously, but I want to read it because it just shows how much control they try to have over you. Yes. So, okay. So the bishop writes, hi, blank. It's blank. I'm texting today in my role as bishop of the ward. Would you be willing to meet with me and have a conversation about your involvement in and feelings about your church participation, temple covenants, etc.? And the the person writes back, "Hi there. I'll have to politely decline at this time, but we'll be in contact when I'd like to converse further about where I stand at this time with the Mormon Church." And the bishop writes back, "Oh my god, get ready for this." Mm. He writes back, "Okay, thanks for responding." If I might mention just one thing, I don't want to make any assumptions without talking to you, of course, but based on what you've shared online related to hashtag Exmo and some other things, a typical approach from the church would be a possible consideration of a membership council. Any thoughts about that? God. Literally threatening her. With and admitting that they're stalking her, yep. that they're keeping tabs. They're keeping tabs on what she's sharing and following and liking that had the hashtag Exmo and then threatening her with a quote unquote membership council, which, as we know, is disciplinary council, which leads to excommunication. And the the person who sent that, she further sent me some other messages just saying, like, she personally wouldn't care if she was excommunicated, but her family is still in it and her children are still in it. So it would be devastating for them. So she is trying to like maneuver this. And to me, that just sounds like crazy intimidation and threatening. And scare tactics. It's like, we're watching you be aware. Like we, we know what you do, which is already, you know, Katie and I talk about this so many times that like, it's still something that's deeply embedded in us, even with this fear of like, oh, my God, someone who's very Mormon in my family or friends is going to find out about this podcast and then da 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 because we know that this shit happens. Like, yes. And mm-hmm. we're public, quote unquote, like, I don't know, we're not public figures, but, you know, like we put we have a public forum. Right. And mm-hmm. it's still something that's in the back of our heads because of this mentality and of like you know, the church threatening it, they don't just go after you. It's like your family, your friends, it's like any way they can threaten you, they'll do it. 
They have mm-hmm. no shame. Uh, yeah, it's awful. And I know it's just disgusting. Honestly, I don't really know what else to say. Um, the The threats are terrible. <sighs> and I just think that, you know, you think about all of the things that have happened that we've brought up and that we've had so many wonderful listeners tell us about things that have happened to them, how they were abused many times by a church member or something happened to them from a church member or leader or whatever. And did those people who abused them get excommunicated? No. No, they didn't. They go through, quote unquote, repentance. Yet all you have to do is share something related to ex-Mormon content and then you're threatened with excommunication. Where's these priorities are so fucked up and it's like the worst thing you can ever do is question the church. Yep. Yeah, you can do all these other horrible forms of abuse or whatever and lie, cheat, steal, but as long as you repent, you're okay. But if you talk about, talk bad about us, then we're coming for you and your family. Dude, it's so <sighs> fucking mental to me. Like I still just, and it's also a bit, maybe this is a more of a tangent, but just something I've also witnessed where it's like, the more you, you point out these things to people and you like, and especially active Mormons or people who are on the edge, like almost about to leave or have decided they're done with the church. They haven't actually left. But when you still like point out, like, you know, this is what we've been told from actual listeners that they've gone through. And it's still like, yeah, that sucks. But there, there's not this anger yet, which I I still find like really frustrating because I'm like, but how are you not annoyed or upset or heartbroken over this? Like, there's still this like fear of, but I, I can't really be outspoken about the church because of this like fear that they have like hanging over you and this control that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Really critically thinking and talking about the church, even if you're not even trying to leave the church. Yeah. You still have that looming fear. I've noticed, I've tried to bring it up a couple times with a couple more like, progressive Mormon friends but you can tell they get physically uncomfortable they don't want to talk about it because of threats like this Mm -hmm. exactly they don't it's terrible it's the ultimate bad doing the ultimate bad deed if you speak ill of the church and it's always the same response of like but it's not the church it's the people (laughs) Oh, God. If it's not the church, then where where did these rules come from? Exactly. (laughs) These are rules created, like, by the church, supposedly run by God, Jesus Christ himself. Yeah, (laughs) and Christ is the one telling the, you know, these leaders of the church these rules and these things. So, yeah, you can't have it both ways, Mormon church. Oh, I'm sorry. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> well, I think that about sums it up. But if any of you have been excommunicated, write to us. We want to know what it was like. Oh, I want to know what it's like inside that disciplinary council or the 
cord of love. Ugh, I hate it. Oh, I hate that. That's so icky. And it just, it, it really scares me. So like Katie, before this, um, we started recording today, she shared with me this YouTube video of yes. yet another person being shut down in fast and testimony meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's just really like, it, it makes me like that scary feeling in my stomach when you watch it. It's like these two guys you know, old white men, of course, who are like either the bishop or stake president or counselor who like, you know, goes up to the person and is like, you need to sit down now. You need to be done now. Like, it's so controlling and creepy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just gives me the goosebumps. And I can only imagine like that's in a fast and testimony meeting. I can't imagine what it would be like on these disciplinary boards or meetings or whatever. It truly scares me I have a physical reaction to thinking about being in a closed room with four five six men sitting across the table from me and listing out all of my quote-unquote transgressions and me just having to sit there alone and take it I just I get clammy thinking about it it's terrifying so Yeah, if any of you have been through that, first off, I'm sorry, but also we want to hear about it if you want to share. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right, right, everyone, take care of yourselves. As Sarah would say, wash your damn hands. (laughs) It's true, though. (laughs) Wash your damn hands. And uh, I guess when this this episode's when it airs, it will be after Easter. I'm so bad. Yes. So when this airs, you'll have survived General Conference and Easter weekend. So good for you. Hopefully yes. you had. <laughs> you didn't have to sit through General Conference, but we'll probably be covering some of those talks in the future. You know, we usually do. Of course, but, I have a feeling there's going to be some gems in there. So always is. <laughs> But yes, we hope everyone had a, a very nice um, Easter celebrating it however the fuck you want to. And as long as you're healthy and happy, um, that's all we care about. So love you guys and hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>